What's good, everybody? Welcome to another solo episode of Health in the Hole. I'm Dr. Parker, and today we're going to talk about Dr. Google and the concept of patients quote-unquote doctoring themselves. So, I was introduced to this concept or reintroduced to this concept of Dr. Google and patients doctoring themselves because I received a patient email a couple days ago. And this patient had been dealing with some tingling down his arms and legs bilaterally. And it was a pretty complex case uh, by all accounts. He had been through a lot of different practitioners, been working quite a long time on trying to relieve his symptoms, and hasn't had a terrible amount of success. So, recently the patient has had success after coming to see myself and working in concert with his physical therapist and other practitioners and been seeing some improvements in his symptoms. However, there was a little bit left with some of the pain in his neck and mid-back. And he had emailed me asking if I knew about a specific type of adjustment that he had never seen in my office before. And he was wondering if I performed that adjustment and if he could get that adjustment performed on him. Now he caveated his request with a comment and I quote, he said, I'm sure you get upset when patients try to doctor themselves, unquote. And this made me think about this concept, made me want to talk about it with everybody on the podcast because this is kind of a sad thing. Uh, I'm sad for my patient who, who thinks that his doctors will get upset at at him doctoring himself. And I don't really know where this idea came from. It's kind of what's upsetting is not that he is doctoring himself. What's upsetting to me is that enough doctors in his life have gotten angry, possibly, or have gotten annoyed when he has brought his own ideas to the table of his own care. That is... That is so sad. That's so sad for a doctor to make his or her patient feel that way. Because patients should be in charge of their own health. It's it's their health after all. And it's totally fine for them to be taking an interest in finding a solution to their health concerns. People deserve to be in charge of their health. They deserve to take charge. They deserve to research, investigate find and fine tune and play with different solutions that may or may not work best for them and be their own scientist, be their own doctor, more or less. It's so disheartening when authority figures like doctors use their authority to be dogmatic and close-minded or use their authority or their education to belittle somebody for taking health into their own hands or for suggesting a solution. Even if that solution might not be right on point, they might not have the education to know exactly why something isn't the case for their condition. It still is very, very shallow. Uh, I don't want to be too harsh here, but very undoctorly and unprofessional to belittle that person. I mean, I don't know about you all, but I feel like doctors should want their patients to be confident. They should want patients that have the gusto to take control of their own health. I absolutely want this because that means that what I say to somebody will sink in more 
my education to somebody will will be stronger and be more impactful on their health and I can give them tools that they can do at home and investigate on their own or I can give them tips on what where to direct their their care where to direct their own personal solutions at home I don't want to see patients in my office all the time so I love having confident patients who don't want to rely on me for all their care I want them to be encouraged to take care of their health on their own and so when somebody says that I'm, I hope you don't get upset at me trying to doctor my, doctor myself. I think, oh my gosh, I am so happy that you're trying to doctor yourself. That is such a good quality to have in somebody. And a lot of that comes from the patient's frustration. So to add to their frustration by getting upset with them for trying to take control of their health is so wrong, in my opinion. So wrong. I mean, let's be honest, nobody knows how a patient feels better than the patient themselves. So for a doctor to say that he or she knows best instead of the patient or to belittle the patient by suggesting something that they feel is correct, again, I won't belabor this point, but I just don't agree with that approach to medicine. I think doctors should empower, should inspire, should teach. Doctors should be guides in the health process of the patient, not the dictator of their care. We're going together on this process. Me and the patient are are walking the same path together. We're side by side. I'm not above them. I'm not below them. We're side by side. Actually, I, I honestly would prefer to be below them in, in that sense. I prefer to just be a little a little whisper of guidance to them along the way. And if they choose to take it, they can, but they don't have to. It's, it's their choice. They're uh, an individual. They, they take control. They, they are in charge of their own health. It's their body after all, right? Because in the end, doctor, the word doctor is derived from a Greek word that means teacher. Doktor means teacher in Greek. And so that is exactly the type of doctor that I want to be. Somebody that slowly nudges, that pushes you in the right direction, that, that puts up the guardrails for you to direct your health in a certain way. You can jump over those guardrails if you so choose, but hey, I'm going to do my best to give you the tools that you need to take care of something on your own or give you a little extra help when you need it. Now, the other thing that's kind of upsetting about the concept of doctors getting upset at patients doc- at doctoring themselves is that when patients bring their own research and their own ideas to the doctor, if it's an easily uh, addressed solution, if, if the doctor has knowledge in the subject, then they should be able to easily handle the suggestions that the patient has for them. If the patient says something that's not really on, on point, it's not really close to the diagnosis or the treatment, then the doctor should be able to easily say, like, no, that's, that's not right for this reason, it's for X, Y, and Z. And, it's, and then that's that. The patient should be able to understand from the doctor or the doctor should teach the patient well enough so that they understand that that's probably not what's going on with their condition. It's probably something else. And if they can't do that, then they they don't know the condition well enough. So maybe they should listen to the patient a little bit on, on what's going on with them and what the research that they've been doing on their own. I mean, patients spend more time researching than a doctor would have to spend with that patient. Yes, doctors have had some more extensive education and know some of the basics of how things work, but nobody is going to research a condition more 
than the patient who's suffering from that condition. So it would be a little bit arrogant to think that for the doctor to think that they know more about the specific condition that the patient is suffering from and that they know everything about every condition that that comes through their office. It would behoove the doctor to listen to what the patient has discovered and then maybe do a little bit more research themselves to help the patient and themselves understand the condition a little better. So to summarize this little (laughs) tangent, I guess, is that I am never upset when a patient tries to, quote, doctor themselves. I'm not upset with the fact that somebody is trying to take their health into their own hands and learn a bit more about what they can do and what the what the source of their issue is. Because when we know the mechanism, when we know the physiology or we know the source of our, our condition, we can understand it better. And that's a that's a huge step towards healing is understanding what's wrong with us. So it's not upsetting when a patient tries to doctor themselves. What's upsetting is that there's been a precedent set in the medical industry that makes people think that doctors will get upset when they do try to do their own research. And that's the exact opposite message that we want to send. We want people to be empowered to take take control of their health. We want people to go to Dr. Google and try to figure out the source of their problem and figure out possible solutions that they can do at home. That is what we want. People to take care of solutions on their own. I'm sure all the insurance agencies would want that too. So they don't have to go pay for doctor's visits every now every week or so if somebody's visiting at that type of frequency. So, doctors, I hope we shape up a little bit and start empowering rather than belittling. I hope we don't take this dominant role, this this dogmatic arrogant role that says that we know best and that you shouldn't go look up your own condition. You shouldn't go and try to get empowered and, and, and confident about your about your condition. We should be the ones that empower. We should be the ones that direct you to the research, direct you to the websites that get you the information that you're seeking because we don't have all the time in the world to discuss all of it with you. So let's let them research their own condition, but direct them, guide them, do your job as a doctor and teacher. Now, with all that said, I do recognize that there are some limitations with internet research. Obviously, there's going to be some limitations with that. First of all, the internet can't take a full history. They can't sit there and ask questions that are related to your condition that you can give answers to and it can respond to in in an intelligent manner. All we can do is type in a couple words, a couple keywords about what what you're feeling and then Google punches out uh, a few ideas of what that might be. And honestly, most of the time, those ideas are based on symptoms that are common to many, many conditions. So it's limited, especially at first glance, especially at the shallow research level. I mean, as you get deeper into the research and start digging more and more and more, which is what people do when they're suffering with conditions for a long time, you can start zeroing in on on the condition a lot better. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that there are not limitations. And that's, that's most of the time why doctors get frustrated. I'm sure it's a little bit of misplaced frustration, not really directed at the patient, but directed at the limitations of the internet. Because there simply isn't enough 
intelligence within the internet or within the research terms that we can li- we can look up that will give us the exact appropriate answer uh, of, of what a condition is and how to, how to fix it. So I should cut some of the doctors some slack, and myself included. I'm, I'm sure I've gotten frustrated a couple times too. I'm not saying that that hasn't happened to me. But uh, the internet is pretty spectacular. It has some limitations, and I mean, that's okay. We can always go to a doctor where we can't find the solution to our answers, but hey, it's fine if somebody, even if somebody finds the wrong condition that doesn't really fit their, what they're feeling, but there's some solutions that still help their, help their condition, even though it might have been the wrong, wrong condition that they applied it to. Who cares? They're, they're getting better. They're feeling good and it must have some impact, even if it's placebo right? Even if it's placebo, it still has an impact and it's helpful and that helps people get along with their life and enjoy their life a lot better. And I'm totally fine with that. Now, along those lines, I'd like to talk a little bit about the concept of placebo. And actually, this uh, there's other concept that we might not have heard of. It's called nocebo. So what are these two terms? First, placebo. I think we've all heard of this term before. What placebo is, is a response to a stimulus, more or less. There's a stimulus where you think that something is working or a certain treatment that you think is going to treat you. And the mere thought, the mere belief in that treatment helps you to get better. It helps you improve your physiology. And this is real, real stuff. The It's not just like woo-woo all in your head. The literal belief changes your physiology. The belief in the treatment working allows the treatment to really, really work. This isn't just like, oh, you think you're getting better. It's like the actual benefits are improving your health just because you believe in it. And a lot of doctors poo-poo placebo and for good reason in some respects because it antagonizes the true effect of, of a drug or of a treatment. It kind of, uh, it, it invades the research process, more or less. The placebo effect has has implications that say that the drug or the treatment isn't actually doing what it's supposed to. So it may not be research effective or might not be substantiated in research. But hey, I'm going to use placebo to my advantage in any way possible. If I can advance my treatment, enhance it even more than it already does with pl- the effects of placebo, I'm going to jump on board with that as quickly as possible. Let's be honest. If somebody took a little sugar pill, put it in a cup and said, hey, this is a placebo. It's not actual drugs. It's a placebo, but it works 40% of the time. And then it gives it to, they give it to the patient and then the patient gets better. I'm totally fine with that. You can be completely transparent about it being a placebo and still the patients will get better. Still. It's an amazing thing. The power of the mind is an incredible thing and it should be used more. Honestly, it shouldn't be poo-pooed. The whole idea of placebo shouldn't be resisted or antagonized. It should be work we should use it to work with our treatment. And we do all the time. Doctors offices do this too to make a patient more comfortable. They have low lighting. They have nice images on the walls. Like those are all placebo inducing qualities. Creating the environment of healing is placebo. So I say use placebo whenever we can. 
yes, we can try to improve our research by avoiding placebo and getting more targeted effective drugs and treatments rather than just placebo drugs. But when we're actually treating, doctors are are and probably should use placebo to their advantage as much as they can. So that's uh, that's placebo. Now the other form of belief-inducing effects is called nocebo. Nocebo is pretty much the opposite of placebo, where when we think something is not working or when we think something is harmful, it actually causes physiologic harm in our bodies. It actually has a negative impact on us because we think it does. Now, an example of this is in one research study, they put a headlamp or a a red infrared lamp on somebody's hand. Now, one of the lamps was hot and the other lamp was not hot at all. It was just a light, just a red light. And so they told the patients beforehand, hey, this might burn a little bit. The people that had the hot lamp got hot, of course. That was that was fine. The people that had no heat in the lamp at all also felt the heat and felt, felt pain from it. The people that had the heat lamp that that was just the heat and it wasn't a wasn't a nocebo, they didn't feel pain. The people that had the no heat and they were told that it was going to hurt a little bit, they actually felt pain even though there wasn't any heat at all. It was just a light shining on their hand. That is the effect of nocebo. You can actually induce real physiologic pain. That wasn't fake pain all in your brain. That was real pain that people were feeling due to the effects of nocebo. Now, because placebo and nocebo are almost equally as effective as, e- as each other, nocebo is also very, very powerful, we need to take really good care when we are speaking to patients. We need to have the foresight to know that our words matter. They're going to be taken in by the patients and could have the potential to have a nocebo effect. So it's really important what we say. The same thing is true of the internet. So that's the other downside of patients doctoring themselves. I mean, I am not going to say that it's all good. There is some potential downside. And one of those downsides is that people may find information that catastrophizes their situation, that makes them think that they're worse than they actually are. I mean, we've kind of seen this in action. I'm sure you can think of a few examples where even in your own life, you've looked up a a small little small little issue that you were having and you end up thinking that you have cancer. I mean that's that's a kind of a common thing in, in trying to research our own condition is that we end up dramatizing our symptoms and getting a solution or getting a diagnosis from the internet that's probably a lot worse than it actually is. Uh, so those are the types of things where you go to the doctor and the doctor can easily say, no, it's it's not that. Don't worry. We've we've ruled out those things as being a potential cause and you can set your mind at ease about that type of thing. But it is a concern with doctoring yourself is is that you'll end up thinking that you have a worse condition or thinking that your problem is worse than it actually is. And then in that way, that creates a bit of a nocebo effect where it might might potentially worsen your condition just because you think that it's worse it might actually worsen your condition and doctors of course don't like that we we care about you doctors care about you i'm not saying they're out to belittle you and out to out to 
be upset and frustrated by by you trying to doctor yourself. They they genuinely care about you. Doctors are good people, and that's why they got into their this profession. But probably some of their frustration comes from the fact that hey, they don't want you to feel like you're you're worse than you are because they know the the effect of that. They know the impact of that on on your body, on your psychology, and on your physiology. It can actually have real physiologic effects that makes your condition worse. And they want they don't want to harm you. They want you to be better. So they want you to feel better. And, and going on the internet may have the potential to have that nocebo effect where it makes you worse in the end. Hopefully that doctor then is there to build you back up and empower you and assure you that that's not what's going on. That your condition is a lot easier to handle than you think. So that's my stance on it at least. It could be argued that some doctors have bigger or worse impacts on nocebo, on the detriment of your health. Like I was talking about earlier, words matter. And a lot of times, doctors aren't paying too much attention to what their words mean and and what it's portraying to the patient about their condition and about the, the future of their condition. A lot of doctors sometimes like to overemphasize the, the, the drama of a condition in order to get you to take action. And there's some good hardness in that. However, there's the potential for ill effects, for this nocebo effect, for things to get worse or for you to feel like you can't do things and you're going to take longer to heal or, or you're going to be a, a, a cripple for your whole life, that, that type of thing. That's the, type, the exact opposite message that they want to send but it can be hard to communicate with patients in the appropriate manner. It's hard to think about all the words that might have ill effects on your patients because we're thinking about so many things when we're trying to take care of you. So things that that may harm patients for the future are saying things like, oh, you can't do this. You can't lift 20 pounds anymore for the rest of your life. You can't do so-and-so activity for the rest of your life, or that's that's going to harm you, that's going to damage you, that's that's too hurtful, don't do this, don't do that. Saying things like don't do that and, and you can't do something for the rest of your life, those are types of, those types of words that really have bad effects on patients. And this has been researched extensively, is the ill effects of our, of our words in, in this way on, on the long-term health and, and progress for a patient. A lot of times... Those, that type of language makes people think that they are lost cause, that they will never heal fully, that they, because they can't do this certain activity for the rest of their life, that they are fragile, that they are broken, that they're damaged, and that these activities cause more damage. And so they avoid them. But most of the time, those activities are usually movement-based activities. And most movement-based activities are helpful they're, they're good for your long-term care, your long-term health. And so telling people they can't do something for the rest of their life, no less, that's the opposite message. That's totally ill-informed. We want people to feel like they're healthy. We want people to feel like they're not damaged. We want people to feel like they're strong. They're not fragile. They can get, go about their life as they see fit because it's actually good for them to go about their life as they see fit. It's good for them to move more. It's good for them to lean into the old painful experience because the more positive experiences they have with pain, the better they'll feel and the more they can do. 
and then the stronger they'll feel and the happier they'll be. So words matter. They really, really matter. I'm going to talk about one final point about nocebo, and that is the nocebo of imaging with MRIs, x-rays, CAT scans. We kind of are image happy, a little bit trigger happy with imaging in the medical world. I mean, I get it. Images are cool. They're really good. They're really awesome ways to diagnose and rule out harmful conditions. The problem with imaging is that a lot of times we find incidental findings or findings that don't really correlate with pain that we tell the patient is a problem. And because we tell them it's a problem, it becomes a problem. It's the nocebo effect. The worst example of this is when we take x-rays. Chiropractors are really bad at this. We take a lot of x-rays unnecessarily for things that wouldn't really change our condition. I only want to take an x-ray or get an image if it's going to change my treatment. But my first step is usually going to be to treat and see how I do. If it's not working very well, then we might need to get an image because there might be something deeper going on here than we than we originally thought. Now, if there's trauma, that's a pretty big sign to get some some imaging. But if it was trauma that happened three months ago, then we're like, well, the image isn't really going to tell us a ton right now. That tissue that's probably been damaged, if it was like a broken bone, that, that tissue's healed by then. You'll, you'll see some remnants of it, but it's not going to change my treatment. If I knew your trauma was that long ago, it's not going to change my treatment if to get an image. So what's the point? I'm only going to find things that are not really not really correlated with your pain. So I might as well not do it, not get the image at all. The condition that most chiropractors tout as being a problem when it's not really a problem, it's not correlated very strongly with pain at all, is degenerative disc disease. Or when your discs between your spinal levels, your vertebrae, are squished a little too much. This is like wrinkles in your spine. It's about as harmless as wrinkles in your spine. Like wrinkles on your face don't hurt, right? Neither do the wrinkles on your spine. They're not correlated with pain hardly at all. I think it's 50% of people that have degenerative disc disease, no pain whatsoever. They go about their daily life like nothing ever happened. Nothing's in there. However, so many times throughout the day, people are given their image, slap it up on the on the board or take a take a look at it on the TV and the doctor or chiropractor is, is saying, oh, you have degenerative disc disease at four or five different levels. Your spine's looking pretty, pretty old. And what does that tell the patient? How does that help the patient whatsoever? Okay, yes, you can describe the condition. You That would be unprofessional and, and almost illegal, I'd say, to not tell the patient about that condition. It's illegal not to write it on an x-ray report, that is. However, you know, like, explain how it's not a huge problem. Yes, you have this condition that sometimes causes pain in some people, but it doesn't have to in your case. It's just wrinkles on your spine. The reassurance alone will help with the pain. It's the opposite effect. You give a placebo effect rather than a nocebo. And it also is harmful to say, oh, because you have degenerative discs, you're not allowed to do so-and-so. You're not allowed to bend and move your spine the way you're used to because 
that's just going to cause disc herniations. That's just going to make you more painful. That's going to cause fractures, all this thing. No, that is not the approach and the message that we want to send. We want people to feel strong in their abilities to do things because by doing more, we build up tissues more. By doing less, we weaken tissues. Our body responds to stress in those ways. If we don't use our body and our tissues, our bones and our joints, those bones and joints aren't going to be fortified with the material they need to be strong and healthy. But if we do use them, it sends signals to our body that says, oh, we're going to need these to be strong and healthy or else they're going to get injured. Your body doesn't want to get injured, so it's going to strengthen those. It's going to build up the walls of of, of tissue to fortify them, to make them stronger so that they can handle the loads that you're putting on them. So by moving more, you build up your body's tissue. You get stronger and healthier. By moving less, which is a message that we often send people when we tell them not to do things, is that they're weak, fragile, and that they shouldn't move. Then they move less, their bodies get weaker, and then they end up getting the same problems that we were trying to avoid in the first place. So in my opinion, it's almost never a good idea to disempower, to limit somebody. Yes, we need to put some limitations in the interim, but that always has a caveat that says, you're not going to be like this your whole life. Don't worry. I never disempower somebody and then say they're going to deal with that for the rest of their life. I almost always put a caveat on my limitation of activity by saying, hey, you're going to be doing this for now for a couple weeks, but then you're going to get right back into what you were previously doing. So don't worry. This won't be a, a thing forever. I hope that almost every conversation I have with patients, every time a patient leaves my office, they're more encouraged and confident rather than belittled and frustrated or made to think that they're more fragile or weak. So I guess that's what I'll leave you with. If you are a patient looking for a doctor to help with your care, the the doctor that is more empowering and, and encouraging is probably a better bet for you in almost every case we should all be elevating the medical profession by not requiring but almost demanding more willful open-minded doctors doctors that are willing to work with you rather than be dogmatic and close-minded that is how the medical profession can elevate at this stage in our in our development our words matter so It is necessary for us to pay attention to our words when speaking with patients. It's necessary for us to teach and be a guide and walk with somebody on their journey rather than be a overbearing, overwhelming dictator of their care. Thanks for listening to Health in the Hole. If you liked it, please subscribe so you can hear more episodes. And remember, this podcast is not medical advice. Consult your health provider before doing anything drastic.